Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Monster Cast. I'm your host, Jack Dahl Jr., joined by Ryan Dahl. Got my sneak energy in. Tropicilla flavor today. Supposed to tell me when we get endorsements, bro. We don't have them yet. I'm trying to get them. <laughs> I'm, oh, trying, okay. I'm trying very hard. There's two uh, things. I, there's two things I'm trying to get, and that's Tropicilla on a sneak energy endorsement and Brian Pillman Jr. to do our podcast. Okay. Well. I'm working on both. Um, keep me, keep me posted. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> but right now, um, we are going to talk about a crazy week in not only the world, but of course it affected wrestling as well in a big way. But we'll get to all that. Let's talk about the shows that did have audiences. Uh, AEW and NXT this week had audiences, and so did Raw actually. Uh, but AEW wins again. Um, with numbers going way down because, you know, people were out there fighting over toilet paper. AEW gets 766,000. NXT gets 697,000 from the Performance Center. And uh, AEW is now over NXT 18-3-1 overall and, of course, still undefeated in the year 2020. Um, I don't really have any random thoughts uh, that I jotted down, but you got any random thoughts about Raw or AW or NXT before we get into like the weirder parts of the of the week. Well, about those numbers specifically, um, what what was interesting is that apparently when the big news started to break about coronavirus stuff near the end of both shows, thirty percent of AEW people stopped watching. So their last segment was really low because thirty percent of people tuned out to go watch all this coronavirus stuff. Only three percent. Of people did the same for NXT. So there's a very different demographic apparently in in a way that we haven't really thought about demographics. We're always looking at like ages and shit like that. But it's almost like there's a there's a low information demographic and a high information demographic because they get impacted more by like things like political debates and stuff like that too. It's it's kind of interesting that the the WWE audience it just seems to not really give a shit about other stuff like that. They're just like, oh fuck it, I gotta finish my wrestling. Like that's kind of uh, kind of an interesting disparity between the two groups of I people. I mean, I'm not trying to generalize either group, but I mean, couldn't we say that the WWE audience is mostly pro Trump? Um, I, I don't know numbers? that. I, I don't know that I'd say that. Um, I mean, if you look at well, at least in online wrestling communities, you don't really get that sense a whole lot. Like, back in the day, it did feel like a very NASCAR-type right-wing crowd, but I don't really get that sense so much anymore. Um, not not hearing or listening to people talk or what they're, you know... I mean, you get little pockets of it here and there, but it's not like a... I wouldn't say it's a broad thing so much anymore. I, I don't know that it's so much about political leaning. Maybe it's sort of some sort of correlation with, um, you know, that same, that same mentality that makes people not... Uh, not leave WWE in the first place, you know. Well, another, as far as fans. another theory I have, another theory I have is uh, obviously WWE wins. The demographics that they win is really old people and uh, kids. So maybe kids were watching it and didn't want to stop, and the parents went into another room and turned on another channel and was watching shit about the coronavirus. Or really old people don't know how to use their remote. Yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> that's I don't know if you saw the tweet that I made, but somebody had made this 
why why did AEWs go down so far if it was just coronavirus but NXT only went down a little bit well it's like now it's like I retweeted and I was like that's because the AEW fan base where they're out there getting their grandparents groceries and toilet paper and shit while they kept watching <laughs> NXT because <laughs> yeah, they maybe. can't go out there themselves because they'll die so I mean yeah. if you look at what numbers are the two most different it is the old people demographic so you got to wonder too if it's the old people demographic that changes that that impact on when like big news events happen yeah I don't know man it's That'd be interesting to uh, – I think that's interesting from a social science point of view to figure out what that disparity is. But um, obviously we don't have access to any data that would give us too much insight. It's nice to guess, but it, it's interesting for sure. Did you like where they went with the Adam Page mystery partner on AEW this week? I don't I, – I, I just have a feeling that wasn't the original plan. Like, I, I feel like that was kind of something that they wrote in later, but I did like at least the attempt to call back to some continuity because they have tag team before. Yeah. Um, I mean, they lost, so I don't know how thrilled Paige was about that team up. But, uh, yeah. I mean, Are you surprised I, that they got the win this time? I, I'm, I'm only surprised in the sense that I feel like Dustin wouldn't have been hurt by getting pinned, but Guevara is getting to the point where he's starting to, to get hurt by losing so many matches. So that surprised me a little bit. Um, I also thought that from a from a point of view of advancing the page story, that a loss does more for that than maybe a win does. Um, like he could say, "Oh, like we lost because you weren't here for me when you know Kenny got injured and I had to you know settle for Dustin and he's old and you know just sort of causing more tension between him and the Cody side of this, which there hasn't really been, but." I did think that one interesting thing that they did in telling this story was that when when Paige was teaming with the Bucks, he refused to tag either of the Bucks in at all, the whole match. But when he was teaming with Dustin, he tagged Dustin in three or four times. So maybe they're they're more telling the story a little bit more nuanced as far as like, you know, it's not a problem with everybody associated with them because that would be kind of dumb too. Um, it's literally just the problem that he has with uh, with the Bucks and maybe Cody. But do he doesn't with, really have any beef with Dustin. Do you think with writing Nick Jackson out of the storyline with the out indefinitely thing, they're maybe leaning towards having Dustin be put into the Blood and Guts match to be with his brother because, you know, Dusty's idea? I think it depends on how long they have to push it off or if they have to push it off. I think if they have to push it off for a couple of weeks, then they might just have Nick come back and be in it because um, they could tell the story either way. Now, do you think this is – do you think he's hurt too or do you think this is just like maternity leave? No, they've already they've already pretty much said it's it's just that he's uh he's got to go be with his wife while they wait on her to to have a kid. So and I feel like Tony Khan was the type of owner that would actually give them a few weeks for maternity and paternity leave, depending on you know male or female. But um, like you don't have to be at work the next day type deal. Right. Um. So maybe they did write him off out of the uh. Out of it. What do you mean you can't come to work, pal? She already had the baby. <laughs> yeah, you saw it, didn't you? You saw it, didn't you? Did you name you it? You hugged it. If you named it, you, you got gave it a name. If you gave it a name, come on into work. Come on, we got Walk. something for you, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come back so we can uh, squash you for leaving in the first place. Need you to do me a favor, pal. Brock Lesnar needs another win. <laughs> <laughs> he's just—he's just not over enough, pal. It's—it'll be such good shit. It's such good shit. It's so you. I was I was watching some stuff the other day talking about how um maybe the uh maybe the writers were ahead of their time 
because they had Ambrose come out in that gas mask shit for mm-hmm. <laughs> saying how dirty all the fans were. He's right. Um, but yeah, man. Have you uh, seen the F5? What a maneuver. Dude, oh, Triple H was popping me so hard on SmackDown yes, with same. that shit. Triple what H a maneuver. Great. <laughs> Triple H was Triple H was the best part of SmackDown. For if sure. I could, if I had, I mean, if I could put him in my top five for top five matches of the week, oh, it would be. He's in my honorable mentions. So yeah, okay. Well, he, he, would, he would definitely be in my top five. Like, he, obviously, we all know he's not good. Like I said on Twitter, he knows he's not good. We know he's not good. But the shit that he was doing, ribbing Michael Cole and Vince McMahon and stuff, and just the overall situation to make people laugh, he definitely. I, I wouldn't mind seeing him on commentary, just because of that alone. I would. Um, I mean, Corey Graves was trending afterward, and it was because of all the people saying that they should just replace Corey Graves with Triple H. Yeah. So I mean, Triple H was even making fun of himself about his demotion and shit. It was great. It was so good. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So then, of course, I mean, the greatest thing about it is Triple H can say whatever the hell he wants to Michael Cole, and Michael Cole can get as mad as he wants, but he can't do nothing about <laughs> it, physically or backstage. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, politic wise, he can't do nothing. So he was ribbing Michael Cole, and Michael Cole couldn't do shit about it. Basically, calling him out for being everybody's think, thinking he's not a good commentator. I mean, not that I think that anymore, but there was a time where he was literally right. the worst commentator it's ever. Like Thirty years ago, you used to be pretty good at this. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, that was that was a good part of the show. <laughs> I was like, damn, dude. It was. I mean, uh, okay. So I guess we can go ahead and yeah. get a SmackDown then, since you mentioned it. How weird was it? And how weird is Raw gonna uh, be? SmackDown was pretty weird. I. I wish they didn't – okay, so I, I understand the point and the purpose and the need to replay the Elimination Chamber match. But, man, there was there was a way to do that that didn't just shit on anybody who already watched it. Like, so many of your, so many of your fans tonight watching SmackDown saw that match, man. They're, if they're watching SmackDown, it's a pretty high likely – Chance that they also saw Elimination Chamber, you know. So I can't put that. I can't put that match in my top five again. I mean, technically they showed it on SmackDown. I mean, you can do whatever you want. Two weeks in a row, baby. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but I mean, of all the matches, I guess that one made the most sense to pick. Like it was, it wasn't yeah. the best match on Elimination Chamber, no, no. but it was the longest. Um, I think. Yeah. Probably, oh yeah, for sure, it had to be. Um, and then it, it was it easily. Does... It was easily at least twenty minutes. Man, that just that match just reminded me how much they blew the Otis shit. Really, like you have all this build to him finally getting his hands on Le- Lesnar, and what's he do? Or not Lesnar, Ziggler. Ziggler. And what's he Little do? He, he gives him a gives him a fucking snake eyes, and then tells Tucker to do all the work. Like, come on, man, aren't you beating the shit out of him? You care so much. That whole storyline's stupid, anyway. I don't think the storyline's stupid at all. I don't think I don't like the execution in the last few weeks. No. I I've always they, they haven't really defined whether Mandy is with Ziggler or not because you're not getting anything out of her mouth. It's just Ziggler and Otis going back and forth. It doesn't make any sense. Like, why aren't we hearing from Mandy in the storyline? It just makes Otis look like a fucking dork because, like, well, he is a dork. Yeah, I get that, but it makes him look like a bad kind of dork. Like, look, man, like you were. It's not like you guys were ever dating. Like, you don't really have any position to be this upset. Like, he just looks like that bitter dude that everybody makes fun of. For like having this imagined relationship because of this one girl being nice to him, and now he's out like getting mad at dudes that she's actually fucking. Like it just seems weird to me. It just reminds me of every guy friend of every girl I've ever been with getting mad because I'm with them. That's what it reminds me of, and I'm just like, dude, it doesn't make you look good. 
It doesn't make him sympathetic to me either. I guess it does to some people, but... I feel bad for him a little bit. I mean, because they were going to go out on a date. It wasn't like these guys that are, like you're talking about in your situations, were about to have a, literally, about to have a date with her, and then you showed up. It's a little <sighs> different. It's a little different. Yeah, but, I mean, once it's done, man, let it go. Well, it's still raw, though, and also it's only happening once a week, so we're supposed to we're supposed to believe that this wrestling thing, it, we didn't have any feelings throughout the whole week. You're just mm. supposed to yeah. take place off of the last episode, like a TV right. show, so yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, wrestling logic. Everybody wants to saying. talk about wrestling logic. I mean, that's one of the dumbest things out there, right? You gotta wait week to week for someone to respond. Like, why didn't you respond on Tuesday morning? After mm-hmm. Raw, if somebody if somebody fucking RKO'd my wife on Raw, I promise you too, I wouldn't be waiting till next Friday or next fucking Monday to fucking say something about it. Right. I would have ran your ass down Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I'd be well, in jail. The other thing is they're talking on Twitter about it too, so it's not like they haven't. I don't know, man. I don't. I just don't like the storyline. I don't like any, any honestly, any kind of like relationship related storylines. I just I don't give a shit about man because I already know. Like I can't suspend disbelief for them. Is what it really is. Like I already know who they're dating in real life. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's whatever. Um. Well, I mean. Okay, well, I mean, I say that as I as I'm like, oh yeah, did you know that when Matt Hardy got buried the other day, it was really just Zenith, not Abomination, and Abomination still has control. (laughs) So like, I get it, but like, I just, I don't know, man, I just can't get into it personally. Um, I guess it would depend on the storyline and stuff. A lot of people don't know who Otis, Dolph Ziggler, Mandy are dating in real life like they do when it was like Edge and Beth Phoenix or you know. Other shit that's going on, like Lana and Rusev. We all know they're still together because they fucking post it constantly on social media. Not only was the storyline bad, but then you can't even get to it into it even if you didn't know because they're still posting stuff together online. So it's stupid. Like it's just uh, social media ruins a lot of the uh, kayfabe, obviously. But yeah, it's whatever. It's just different stuff for different people. Uh, okay, so any other random thoughts of the week? Anything about the empty arena show? Um, I did like the John Cena Bray Wyatt thing. That was pretty cool. Um, I, I thought it was going to be weird because John Cena was going to come out and do this promo with no crowd, and that's how he bases a hundred percent of his prom- promos. But luckily, he had the crutch of Michael Cole being in the ring asking him the questions, so it made kind of made more sense to have that. Because if John Cena just came out there, there's no way he would have been able to do a promo. Well, that's the other thing that that's like, uh, this is not related specifically to that, but you mentioned the crowd and like how they have to play to the crowd. Triple H explicitly said on commentary, you know, it's hard to. It's hard to be out there when you can't work the crowd. And I was like, you know, if we're treating this as a sporting event <laughs> and you're out there wrestling to win, what the fuck do you care about playing to the crowd or working the crowd? Like, it's just one of those things that I feel like if Michael Cole had ever said on commentary, he would get in trouble for. Like Vince, like yelling at him. But yeah, not a uh, Triple H. Okay. Not Triple H. He's got the motion. He don't give a damn. Yeah. Fuck he's like, fuck, fuck this job. I'm going to go work for AEW. God, wouldn't that be some shit? I would die. I'd fucking die laughing. Nah, he ain't never going to leave NXT. Um, Make his own NXT in AEW. Oh, Jesus Christ. Bring, anyway. Bring his own people. I mean, not to call it NXT, but you know, they've got I the understand. rest of school. Okay. I understand. But they've got a... I feel like they have enough problems already getting their lower card talent notice without setting up a developmental school, too. But um, anyway, yeah, the, uh, the John Cena Bray Wyatt thing was pretty cool. It, it came off better than I thought it would. I thought Wyatt came off in a way that... I wouldn't say that it, like, completely rehabbed his character or anything after all this shit, but it did at least kind of make me interested in where he's going with this. And some of his lines were, um, 
some of his lines were okay. Um, some of them were kind of like, uh, you know, you're not going to tell me that, that you're bringing John Cena to the slaughter at fucking WrestleMania. And you're going to have a wrestling match. You're not going to slaughter him. You're not going to fucking kill him. He's He'll be fine. You're going to body slam him. Like, so some of the stuff like that, I'm just like, ah, whatever. But, um, yeah, I thought it, I thought it came off well. It builds up the match a lot better than, uh, pointing at the sign and nodding at each other, obviously. So, maybe just, it maybe just came off cool because of the lack of other build, maybe. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't really thought that much about it. But at the time when I watched it, I was like, alright, like, that's cool. Like, I'll, I'd rather watch this match, I guess, than the, um, you know, which, which match do you think, uh, is not, Implicit related because they're not neither one of them's champions. But who, which championship match do you think headlines? Uh, I think um, Goldberg and Roman is going to headline. I what I want to happen is Drew and Lesnar to headline. See, I think Drew and Lesnar headlines anyway because if you put Goldberg Reigns on last, you are going to have about thirty percent of people in that crowd who don't want Reigns to win, and I think it's going to kind of ruin the. The feeling of the audience and stuff at the end, like they always yeah. kind of try to end it on a high note. Yeah, high um, high note fireworks. So the fireworks would make more sense to, for Drew to have his moment since Roman right. already had his. Yeah, I get that, but I just don't know if that's how they're gonna go. I don't think Brock Lesnar wants to stay up till fucking twelve. Yeah, that man's probably gonna have his his match on second. Like yeah, he's he's forever saying. doing that lately. Yeah, yeah. Lesnar Lesnar doesn't want to stay up that long. Wait, so man, Lesnar I got bedtime. Hey man, I got shit to do. Bro. <laughs> it's sleepy time, boy. I gotta go home. So that's why I'm thinking that he might not go on last. But do I want that to be the main event, the actual main event? Yes. Yeah, I do too. I just think it makes way more sense. But yeah, I could see Lesnar being like, "Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to wait around here for eight hours of this WrestleMania." So. I would like uh, to say that you know, since uh, WrestleMania is in uh, jeopardy of getting pushed back, of course, because of the uh, coronavirus, you got. Uh, them meeting with Tampa officials, WWE, Vince McMahon, whatever, meeting with Tampa officials now on a weekly basis to see what they're going to do as of right now, today. It is still going on as planned because it's still two or three weeks away, whatever. Um, so they'll meet in another few days and decide what they want to do, if they want to postpone it, cancel it altogether, whatever. Um, but everything else basically around WrestleMania week so far has been canceled until further notice, uh, which is killing the indie scene because this is their money-making week, of course. Yep. Because they all go to that same city and get everybody to go to their shows and stuff and sell merch at the tables and all that. So if you can out there, if you have some disposable income that you are going to spend anyway, you should definitely put some of that money into one of your favorite indie wrestlers and help them out during this time because they are getting screwed over by this more than WWE is. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it's it's hard for a lot of people in a lot of industries right now because not it's not just um, you know events getting closed, but entire venues. So everybody that works at venues getting fucked. Um, everybody that works in the surrounding hospitality type stuff where people are gonna go to those events are getting fucked. Like it's it's uh it's pretty rough out there for people that are not on salary or not um not able to work from home and stuff like that. So hotels around that time are now probably getting their shit canceled and getting they're yep. getting fucked. They're not going to have anybody there to pay for these rooms. I mean, it's it's going to get weird. I mean, I don't feel bad for the hotels. <laughs> like, you know, uh, Hilton is in no danger of uh, you know, their CEOs going broke or anything, but as far as like the actual staff, like the tip staff or the the restaurant hotel or the hotel restaurants that, you know, wait tables and like yeah, clerks and counter people, bellhops, that kind of stuff, man. They're 
you know they're getting fucked too. So yeah, uh, support your indie scenes. Um, if you've ever wanted a t-shirt or something from one of those people, now's the time to do it. Um, I saw that, uh, this was, this was very nice of him. Um, some of the shows that, uh, Moxley was scheduled to work, they had, had to cancel and they put up like a GoFundMe to help, uh, some of the wrestlers who, you know, are not as famous as Moxley sort of get through their bills and stuff that they were going to lose all this money on. And apparently Moxley himself ended up donating a bunch of money under the name John Good. <laughs> like, yeah, we know who John Good is, buddy. You're not tricking anybody. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so, uh, that was nice of him to do. But it's funny, too, because he was actually working the show, so technically he wouldn't be getting money from them either. He's like, ah, I'll just make it a double negative. Fuck it. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's rough out there for a lot of industries right now. But, yeah, I, I was seeing, um, Eric Stevens talking on Twitter, too, about a lot of the financial impact on indie, indie wrestlers. Rough. Uh, I feel that if the David Starr match ever does take place against Moxley, how's he going to be able to uh, counter that that move by Moxley? <laughs> Just don't bring it up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like act like it never existed. Yeah. Oh, uh, you like capitalism when it works in your favor, but look at you being a socialist when. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who knows, man? I like uh, Starr though. Yeah. They, uh, he pretty much, they, I don't, he didn't really do the same thing with Devlin, but he definitely, I mean, there was the whole purpose, it was the whole thing of like him selling out to WWE, yeah. uh, going to the NXT UK thing or whatever, when he did his little video package with him too, which was also just as awesome. So if you haven't seen the David Starr, Jordan Devlin match and build video, there's, uh, there is one video, I don't know who posted it, I don't know if it was the actual promotion, OTT or not, but they actually have the video package and then leads into the match, the whole match, and then. Uh, of course, he has the video package with Moxie, which was really good. That just got canceled for Scrapper Mania 6 in Ireland as well. Uh, uh, so, you know, in that, that scene in the in that promo video where he's got the pig heads on the stick with all the names on it? Yeah. Out on the beach. Mm-hmm. So, there was a news article <laughs> about some people finding those and thinking they came across some, like, satanic like ritual site or whatever, because they didn't fucking clean them up. They just left the pig heads out there on the on the sticks on the beach. After they filmed it, so there's like a news article where they've got pictures of the of those same pig heads with the names written on them on the beach from a news article where people were saying like it creeped them out or whatever. Apparently, they did not dispose of those when they were done. <laughs> I really would, I, what I really would like is uh, David Starr's jacket. I think is badass. Hmm. I did, David Starr is the only person I've ever looked at and thought, you know, I wonder how I would look with a. With a mustache and stubble and stuff. Yeah, he's, oh, he's old school, right? He looks old school. Yeah, yeah he's cool as fuck. Um, okay, so I only got one stiff shot because, you know, the overwhelming stories are everything getting canceled. But we do have one that's not coronavirus related uh, that is worth mentioning. Um, in January, former WCW star Van Hammer was arrested and charged with felony hit and run. With failure to stop in a crash involving others and serious bodily injuries, DUI with injuries to another person, and leaving the scene of an injury crash. He has pled not guilty to all charges. Hammer, who is now 60 years old, allegedly hit a 5-year-old with his car while driving drunk. The incident happened in Florida, uh, according to the police report. Uh, the police say that Hammer was driving 58 miles an hour in a 35-mile-hour zone and was drunk when he hit the young boy who was riding on a bike with training wheels with his father. Apparently the father got out of the way. <laughs> Pushed his kid. <laughs> the boy reportedly flew on top of the hood of the... <laughs> the boy reportedly flew on top of the hood of Hammer's That's car. Funny. 
Hey, as someone who's been hit by a car. Yeah, I remember. The exact same way, by the way. The boy flew, I mean, not on a bike. Mine was worse. I didn't have uh, protection or, or my dad beside me. Uh, the boy reportedly flew on top of the hood of the hammer's car like I did and was later admitted. I wasn't later admitted. Uh, I got up like a boss, like a real man. Uh, as a trauma patient. Yeah, you possibly... five-year-old little bitch. Like, come on, man. <laughs> this is not the time. Was later admitted as a trauma patient with possible internal injuries and road rash. This would be uh, Hammer's third DUI, one in 85 and another in 2004. So at least he spreads them out, I guess. Yeah, uh, I mean, 85. Don't go back that far in a man's history. Come on. Well, I mean, okay, but but the point of bringing up 85 and 2004 is how many times has he done this and not gotten caught? I mean, yeah. It's not like these are the only times he's ever done it. These are just the times he got caught. Maybe <laughs> yeah. all the way back from 85, then 2004, then now 2019 when this oh. happened. Or don't 2020 because it says in January. So – that's uh oh, yeah. On one hand, I want to be like, well, if if he's that careful about it, then good for him. But on the other hand, I'm like, nah, that's still a dick move. Don't do yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So uh, yeah, I got up and I was just fine. I'm just saying. Um. Well, the car, okay. So before you all start thinking this man is Superman, first of all, this car that hit him was not going 58 miles an hour. It was going through a residential neighborhood right after the bus had gone by, so it was not moving quickly. The bus. The bus had already been gone for a while. The car didn't slow down for that bus. The bus was already at uh, decent speed. Well, already, was... There was no stop sign coming out of the bus no more. Like it's revisionist history of his it's traumatic. It's not. I promise you. I'm the one that was there. It's not revisionist. I was watching out the back of the bus. Yes, I know that. It was funny. <laughs> I popped all the way up. I popped all the way up. Yeah, I think this story is kind of funny. I popped all the way up. I think it's just funny because, you know, the dad – didn't have any injuries okay, at all. But if he was training the kid how to ride a bike on training wheels, the kid probably rode way away from him. It wasn't I don't right think beside each case. other. I don't think that's the case at all. Come on, man. Don't think so. Also, how did Van Hammer not get beat the fuck up by the dad? Is well, also what I want to know. Because he's still like six foot five. I don't give a damn. He was drunk. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. Oh no, never mind. Maybe he didn't get out of the car because it did say he left the scene. So maybe just, he didn't even get out of the car to have an altercation. Yeah. Anyway, but at least my guy who hit me, he got out of the car. Oh, man, hey, man, I didn't see you. Are you all right? Are you all right? Were you? Uh, I told him, yeah. So you should have said no so you could get that money. Yeah, because that's what I knew. Well. Because I was in sixth grade. So (laughs) so I get (laughs) – so I get (laughs) – Not an entrepreneuring six-year-old. Yeah, no. um, Wasn't really thinking about that. Also, I told him I was good because, you know, I was still in shock or whatever. So he drives off because, you know, I'm good. I'm moving around. I grab my book bag that that was on the other side of the road. Of course, and then as soon as I grab my book bag, I just start fucking bawling. Like, you know, everything's good now. Nobody's around crying. No, I was not okay, but in that moment, I was so fucking nervous and scared, and I was just glad I was okay. And I didn't know what the fuck to do. I told him, yeah, I'm good. I mean, and I was. I only had minor injuries, road rash, uh, but I didn't uh, – I don't know. It was just weird. Um, so then, of course, went back to the house. Told my Aunt Amanda, couldn't go to school, I just got hit by a car. She thought I was fucking lying and <laughs> didn't really have any proof of this. Um, Where's those roadside cameras when yeah, you need them? Yeah, exactly. No proof. So she sent me to school. I tried to tell all my friends at school. <laughs> they didn't believe me because they're like, oh, if you got hit by a car, you wouldn't be at school right now. So, you know, they didn't believe me. Get back home, try to tell my mom. My aunt tries to tell my mom that I'm lying. I'm just making up the story. I'm trying to tell her that I'm being serious guess who finally comes home you and ethan and then you guys tell my mom that i was fucking telling the truth because you saw it out the back of the bus and we're laughing about it 
then of course she gets pissed off at my aunt for making me go to school and for making us eat crunchy rice and bowls of water well, she can't read earlier. labels that was way earlier in her life but uh yeah so it was insane anyway oh, yeah you know how sucky it is that i finally have a cool story to tell people like i got hit by a fucking car and i'm i'm cool here alive yeah well, but i'm okay yes and you know got, how small mm-hmm. i am or I mean, I got, hit by, I, was. I got hit by a van in Myrtle Beach one of the times we were going to the pavilion because I wasn't paying attention to the crosswalk sign because I shouldn't have been out there by myself anyway. <laughs> Fell right over on my shoulder. Dude well, gets out of the sucks. car. Like, it sucks the trying to tell that? people. It sucks trying to tell people. Hey man, I got hit by a car. I went all the way up on the roof, rolled all the way back down, hit the pavement, got up like it was nothing, went home, uh, still came to school like a boss, and then nobody believes you because you're at fucking school. Yeah. I can't help that if you would got hit by a car, you little bitch, and would have stayed home. I mean, that's what I should have said. Well, I fell out of that treehouse across the across the way, and that was a pretty far drop, but I was still fine. Like yeah, that was funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, funny. that was uh. Dude, what I was couldn't his, climb what was up. That kid's Justin. name? It was Justin. Nah, the redheaded kid. Yeah, his name was. I Justin. don't think his name was Justin. It was one hundred percent Justin. And... All right, we're way off topic. Nobody yeah, cares. Yeah, but about anyway, that. All right, but anyway, anyway, I'm a superhero. This kid is not. <laughs> <laughs> that's the point the point yeah, is this little five-year-old he's a whatever. weak child whatever um okay it's, he's about to hit us with that boomer shit kids these days are so soft can't even get hit by a car and still so go to school soft. yeah fucking ridiculous didn't really learn anything that day i was still in shock um let's see so yeah that's my only thing really i don't even have any big deal or nas um do you got anything that you want to talk about that we haven't <laughs> the talked only thing about? i really want to break up was the story so i could mock a child and tell everybody how cool i am um, well, I, I, honestly, I just hope Van Hammer is found guilty. Honestly, because you know, it'd be hard not to be. With yeah, uh, well, I don't know how he would plead not guilty to this, but all right. You got the dad that was a witness, right? Yeah, because <laughs> obviously he's okay. Pattern of behavior, him. and yeah, he's he's kind of fucked. Yeah, he's probably screwed. Um, you don't have any news stuff? Not really. I didn't really write anything down. Well, big deal or not, all wrestling is canceled forever. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, that's yeah. pretty much it. Big deal or not, uh, how big, long does this go deal. on? Pretty big deal. Um, how long does it go on? Uh, so if we look at if we look at the China model, uh, they were essentially shut down for about two months from the start of the outbreak till now. They're they're kind of resuming resuming some some semblance of normalcy now. Um, initial estimates as as far as research stuff goes are that the virus lasts for about thirty seven days in humans. So once you get it. Um, even after your symptoms are gone, you still got it for about 37 days. Once that's done and you're not able to pass it on anymore or anything like that, it kind of dies off. So it's got a very – it's it's a very quickly spreading contagion. But as far as like how long it will take to die off, it's going to depend on how much we spread this out to minimize impact on healthcare infrastructure. And then after that, um, it will just depend on you know how much some of our containment measures were effective. So uh, how long this will last as far as – um, stopping venues and, and stuff from having crowds gather, things like that. People keep putting these like, oh, like we're just going to close till the 30th, we're just going to close till April 4th, whatever. People don't understand your the timeline on that's not quite matching up with what other countries are experiencing. Most likely, man, some of the stuff is going to get pushed back till like mid-May. Um, we just don't know that yet. So, if you look at Italy right now, Italy's uh, Italy got hit hard as far as um, containment measures and stuff like that. People were doing a lot of the same stuff over there as far as like not taking it seriously and not really paying attention to containment protocols. Then their healthcare infrastructure got fucking slammed and all of a sudden everything is shut down. 
Um, they they just had to start prioritizing um, like triage stuff where anybody over 80 years old, if if you need care, you just can't get it right now because we've got to we had to prioritize. We got to focus on younger people who are not already you know 80 plus. Um, so they're literally at this point in some parts of northern Italy saying, you know, uh, sucks to suck, but we don't have the resources, so got to make a decision. Um, I was also I was looking at a um, I was looking at a a newspaper of theirs, um, one from February and one from like three days ago, and somebody went to the obituary section. The obituary section back in February was one page and then another quarter page. <laughs> the one from a few days ago, eight pages of obituaries. So it's it's uh it's impacting a lot of stuff at once. Like if you look at the raw numbers, like oh like it's not as bad as whatever it. A, it is as bad. Um, B, it, it it's imp- like yes, it's only causing death in older populations for the most part, but that's that doesn't mean it's not going to have a huge impact on healthcare infrastructure or that you should just go out and do whatever the fuck you want because you have indirect contact with a lot of old people too. And applying that to venues, um, honestly, I, I don't think it's going to be until at least May before people are starting to have these big gatherings and shows and events and stuff like that. So I'm not sure how wrestling goes on for a little bit as far as <clears throat> maintaining view count and content and things like that. Um, I do think it would be kind of cool to have uh, like interview-type shows, review-type shows, stuff like that. I think that would be interesting. Um I also Nyla Rose put something on Twitter that I thought was funny, and then I thought, man, that'd be actually kind of cool. Should set up. It's too bad the AEW video game is now, so that we could just play games against each other, as and have the those be the results for our matches. <laughs> so um, they could do something with content like that too, especially with WWE where they've already got the built-in sort of video game thing. They could just have people go on there and play video games against each other. Like who cares? Like uh, at this point, it's not. It's not something that's going to be done in two weeks, even though that's where everybody's like, oh, yeah, like we'll, we'll just close schools until, you know, March 30th and then we'll see what happens. Well, what will happen is over the next week from like the around March 23rd, 24th, 25th, you're going to realize how much of an impact this actually has and how far it's really spread um, and how much is really impacting our healthcare infrastructure. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I. I think it would be absolutely fucking moronic to still have WrestleMania at this point, but it's hard for Tampa to turn down the hundred million dollars in revenue that any city that holds WrestleMania gets. But what they're going to start to have to balance that with is, look, a lot of people aren't going to end up coming to this thing anyway because of this. So that revenue is not going to be as high. And I'm sure they're getting pressure from hospitality um, unions and companies and stuff like that. Like, hey, you know, we really bank on we were banking on this this whole time for this, you know, revenue injection, then now we're not going to get it because you're talking about closing it and like our business can't handle that. And like our, our workers in our company right now really needs the money. Please don't cancel it. So there's a, there's definitely a balancing act there that they're going to have to figure out. But I think the right call obviously is to sort of suspend all this shit until probably at least late April when we know a little bit more about how bad the impact is going to be. Like you've got people right now still just going out to bars and restaurants and stuff i'm like man you guys are you guys are really missing the point um so a a large gathering like that i mean honestly if ten thousand people show up 
out of the, however much they're expecting. A, that's still a problem. And B, you know they're just going to still say, oh, 100,000 people here alive, <laughs> so it doesn't matter. Like, they always lie about their attendance numbers anyway. Do we, uh, have, do we have WrestleMania in an empty performance center? I was going to say, yeah, if they, hold, if they hold WrestleMania in the performance center, how many people do you think they would say showed up? 90,000. Like, 90,000 people here in the in the performance center? Um, yeah, like, so I don't... There's just a a lot of. Are you ready to watch? Are you ready to watch eight hours of performance center empty emptiness? I can't watch one hour. I, I tried, man. I was just like, man, it's so awkward. Um, I, I literally turned it. Well, I, we have to watch it because you know the show. But I I was actually intrigued because I wanted to. Lie. I, was, I was like, I wonder how this is gonna play off on TV. This is gonna be fucking weird. And yes, it was weird as fuck. It was definitely yeah. It was weird. I I like that. Um. I did like a couple things. Uh, I like that they didn't pretend <laughs> that it wasn't empty because I was worried that would happen. Um, Pipe in some music and put some wrestling buddies in those seats. Or just like put Pipe a bunch of crew crowd, and stuff and like pretend that they were fans. Like, well, come on, man. We know they're all wearing the black security outfits and <laughs> sit down with mic'd up. <laughs> like, yeah, man, we know. Um but yeah, I mean, there was some stuff too that I didn't like about the presentation. I texted you a little bit about this too. Like to to some extent, wearing some of your ring entrance attire and stuff like that when you know it's an empty arena doesn't make sense to me, especially during backstage segments. Like King Corbin coming out there with his his crown and cape, and he doesn't have anybody to play to when he comes out to the audience. Just I don't know, man. It just seems weird. Um, like if he was just back there in his ring gear, that's one thing, but coming, like being backstage in a crown and a scepter, just carrying it around in a fucking empty arena. Like, come on, man. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> so. He had to get ready for his entrance. Yeah. His entrance where he plays to nobody and then takes it off right at the ring. Like I mean, it's. His name, his name is King Corbin. He's not going <laughs> to just not have the crown and scepter when he comes out to the ring. I get, I, I'm on board with you because we were arguing about this. Texting back and forth, trying to, like, well, we weren't really arguing, but, you know, pl- telling you why we thought they were doing what they did. <clears throat> I will secede to you the backstage part because his interview was, what, an hour before he uh, – or his backstage segment, yeah, rather. walking around before, the yeah. cape. Yeah, that's fine. I get that, especially carrying around the scepter. If you want to wear the crown and or at least the robe or whatever, that's fine. But I am not with you on the fact that he shouldn't have been wearing it when he came out to the ring when his music hit for his match or whatever. That's I can't get behind that. He's King Corbin. His music hits. He's supposed to be wearing the shit. That's his gimmick. So that's what he should be wearing. Uh-huh. Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy still painted his face. Yeah, but it wasn't painted backstage. Exactly. That's why I'm with you on the backstage part, but I'm not with you on the actual in-ring part when he comes out. He got oh, Nakamura backstage in his damn jumpsuit an hour. Yeah, before that, that makes a little bit more sense though. That he's wrestling in that, and that's like an actual thing. It's probably not easy to put on. <laughs> that's not that's not something you're trying to fucking get, get five that, minutes before. Get that Vaseline out, boy. <laughs> exactly. The pa- baby powder. Raw style from Friends. Because mm. uh, you're not going to be able to put that bitch back on. But yeah. So yeah. That, I mean, I don't have a biggest problem with the <laughs> Nakamura thing, actually, to be honest with you. Um, and Cesaro was wearing what he wears as well in the ring. And he's the one that actually wrestled. He just happens to wear normal pants now, apparently. What was like, weird, too, was the... Um... The Bailey and Sasha Banks segment where they came out and then they got interrupted by Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. I didn't see the need for the entrance music. I don't know why they didn't just come out there on the microphone and be like, hey, yeah, 
<laughs> oh, I think you know who I think this worked out for the best besides John Cena is Roman Reigns because he talks so low that the crowd usually drowns out a lot of what he says. Yeah. But with this, with him being able to talk back and forth and just knock things back and forth with Michael Cole, it made him uh, a lot more believable and you could actually understand what he was saying. So I think it actually helped Roman Reigns a lot to have no crowd. He still, he still, he stumbles with his words a little bit sometimes in a way that you don't notice as much with other superstars. But yeah, he's he's much more. Um, I wouldn't say he's more relaxed because he still comes off the same way either way. But he's definitely much more uh, understandable, and um, you kind of catch everything he's saying in a way that you don't when there's a crowd. So yeah, I, th- I think the backstage interviews have always worked for him. Um, except for that one period of time where he was clearly being groomed to be the champion and his promos were all about like, oh yeah, you know, my cousin is the rock and like my family's been in this forever and it did not endear people to him, but it wasn't the content or it wasn't the, the tone or delivery of it then so much as it was the content. Um, he's, he's definitely, uh, his interview, it was, <clears throat> I think it did a better job selling this match than that interview did even though he was saying a lot of the same stuff he's like oh you know i was i was raising this and you know i've been eating off the wwe plate for you know generations or whatever so um and then the stuff that he said about goldberg it it was good too in the sense that he wasn't he he has that jericho mentality where it's like you know if you if you just shit on them then it doesn't mean anything when you beat them so he was trying to play him up as you know like a big star and like he'd did all this stuff, but it's just not his time instead of saying like, Oh yeah, he can't fucking wrestle. He's <laughs> always been overrated anything like that. So yeah, it's, I like the way they're doing it. I guess that's kind of how you have to do face versus face too. Like mean, you can't just shit all over one of them. So. I guess. Do you, uh, anything else you want to go over? What are you looking forward to the most in the next week? Do you think, uh, they're going to, do you think they're going to debut, uh, Brody Lee this next week? Like, like that was the original plan. Uh, so they were, uh, the original plan to do that, as far as I understand, was because it was in Rochester. Correct. And now it's not. So or, they might yeah. delay it, but honestly, I think they're going to be so hard up for content that if they can do it, they should do it. Um, and this, this crowd, I mean, this, they're doing it at, uh, they're doing one of them at Daly's place. I think it's the next week one, right? Yeah. And uh, Blood and Gus is the one that's not. Yeah. Well, so, they were going to have limited, they were going to have limited fans at the Daily Space one, but now Tampa or Jacksonville or whatever has basically shut down all public venues to, to large gatherings. So they're just going to do empty arena like SmackDown was. Yeah. And like it's, Raw is going to be. It's crazy how far ahead of the curve, um, Stardom was. Cause they were really the first ones who did that with yeah. that, the women's yeah, event. Yeah, the empty arena. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then yeah, everybody else was just like, you know what? That fucking works. Let's do that. Because uh, as soon as NBA and NCAA and stuff were talking about doing it, then all the other American sports picked up on it. But really, Stardom should get credit for that because as far as I know, they were the first ones who who proposed that and actually executed it. And the way they did it was great. Like that one girl – god damn it, her name slips my mind. But she comes out and she usually throws her like wrist bracelets to the crowd. She still did that even though there was nobody out there to catch them. I was laughing. But uh, – yeah, and then they had like the whole brawls up into the into the stadium and stuff because there was nobody there, so they were using the chairs and stuff. Like it was, yeah. it was cool. Um, but yeah, some credit to Stardom for that because that's um, I, I don't know if that necessarily would have become a mainstream idea without them doing it. So. Also, the fact that you know none of them that we know of have the coronavirus because now NBA can't do that. Obviously, they canceled the season because two of their players have it. Yep. 
on the same team because the one player wanted to be a jackass. Well, some dude on the Pistons has it now, too. Oh, yeah? Okay, yeah. so three that we know of for sure. Oh, but because the fucking graphic that they released for it was hilarious. So they had the press release announcement, and the background of it is literally just, like, like zoomed-in versions of what the virus looks like under a microscope. And then they had, like, a little cutout of the player, like, screaming on the court or whatever <laughs> in front of it. And it was like, oh, yeah, this guy's tested positive for corona. I was like, that's such a weird way to announce it. <laughs> It's so awkward. I gotta find it for you. But yeah, so some dude on the Pistons also has it. Okay. So uh, so yeah, they've quarantined the um, the Jazz and I believe it was the Thunder that they were playing against mm. when they found out Gobert had it because Gobert was being a jackass, touching everything because there was this ten foot rule or some kind of rule with the media where you, they didn't want anybody touching stuff, right? He thought he was so, being funny. He thought he was being funny, fucking touching all the microphones and shit. Right before his before he left out of his press conference, they would come to find out Donovan Mitchell, um, his teammate ends up with it as well because Rudy Gobert didn't know that he had it. So now he feels like a jackass, and all his teammates are pretty much pissed off at him because Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, I'm pretty sure, are their best two players. Donovan Mitchell has his own fucking shoe for fuck's sake, so I know he's good because I got his I got his Spider-Man shoes. So, yeah, so that sucks. So now both of those teams are quarantined for 14 days, and that's when they decided, hey, well, since these guys can't play for 14 fucking days, we can't have everybody else just playing their games and not these two, so we're going to have to cancel the shit. Right. So that that took away the whole empty arena th- aspect of it because two of your players have it. Now three, obviously, with the Pistons mm-hmm. guy. So, yeah, so the reason that Stardom was able to do it is because, you know, I assume that they all got tested, and, and the people that were involved in it didn't have it, and they didn't want anybody else coming in to give it to them, so it made sense for them to be like, hey, empty arenas seems like the best possible solution to us. And then, so if you're able to do that now over here, then go for it, but you better make sure that all your people are getting tested too before you decide that, before before you make it worse on your own people. Man, I've been, I've got a friend who's in Japan right now, she just went over, um, she'd been planning it forever, and her flight was Friday, and she was like, man, I don't know if I should still go, like whatever, I was like, yeah, you should, I mean... If they're letting you go and they'll let you come back into the States and you've already paid for it and they're not letting you refund hotels or anything like that, man, I would just go. So she went and she's been sending me pictures, man, it's dead over there. Like, like she's fine with that because she's, you know, introverted or whatever, but the streets out there are just quiet. Restaurants are quiet. Like, stuff's still open. Like, they've gotten past the, the big hurdle of it, apparently. So you might even see the New Japan Cup open up in April before everything in um, like I was talking about the May timeline, I think Japan's going to be a little bit ahead of us, obviously, because they were closer to the epicenter. Um, so they should have some stuff back up and running by like April, I would imagine, by late April. But yeah, I mean, stuff over there, there's, they just still are not in a, at a period where they've even returned to normalcy yet. So everybody's talking about, you know, oh, well, end of March, maybe we'll start opening schools and opening stuff. I'm like, man, y'all are real optimistic, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think what's going to end up happening is every non-essential business is going to end up being told to close, like restaurants and shit. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be said, pharmacies and grocery stores are the only things that's going to be still allowed to be open. So that's the other thing about food hoarding, too. I was like, eh, like they're probably not going to make grocery stores close just because they really can't from a resource point of view. Um, but yeah, man, I just... Uh, but, I think, oh, I think all the these way, estimates all the, are real optimistic. All the normal... All the normal people out there that you know don't believe in uh, doomsday prepping and are mad at Ronda Rousey right now because of the post she'd posted on Instagram, those people annoy me more than 
you know, Ronda Rousey posting what she posted. Like, how are you mad because they went out of their way to make sure they were ready for something that would happen that would affect people like this? Like, yeah. how is it her fault that she has self-sustaining shit, two freezers, two big-ass freezers of meat and vegetables and fruit growing and her own water fucking system and all this? I, like, how is that her fault? Like, why are you mad at her? Or the doomsday preppers that aren't out there fucking trying to fight each other over toilet paper because they already got it. Not only do they already have it, but they never cause the shortage because they get that shit gradually. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not a prepper by any means, but I do similar stuff as far as like, hey, if you know if canned goods are on sale for fucking, you know, buy ten for you know sixty yeah. cents and get ten free, I'm getting those extra ten. I'm gonna put them aside. That's how yeah. I have my my hurricane stash. Yeah. Um, because that's something that obviously we have to deal with over here on the the southeast. Yeah, we um, do too over here. So I still have to deal with it. I no, I was I was that was oh, not okay. A, oh, that yeah, was yeah, that okay, the okay, listeners gotcha, gotcha, may sorry. not experience that. <laughs> yeah, so well, I mean, that's what everybody's experiencing right now is basically a hurricane. Relief. Right, and that's yeah. what I've been telling people is like, look, you just you prep for it the same way you would a hurricane, like except for filling up your tub with water because it's very unlikely that water is not going to go out or that water infrastructure will, will get turned off or anything like that. Yeah. But as far as you know, you can't go out because let's let's pretend you can't use the roads in the same way that you might not be able to during a hurricane. Um, you got to have enough shit to self-sustain in your house for at least a little bit. Um, but it's not a fucking snow day, man. Like it's it's gonna be a long-term thing. So yeah. Um, but yeah, so I do the same thing. I have Ibotta, of course. If anybody doesn't know what Ibotta is, it's an app where you can get basically digital coupons after you buy the Jesus. stuff. It's another app that does not sponsor us. That he's yeah, just over here plugging. But I'm a beast at it, so I mean, I might as well, right? So uh, just let people know uh, if you want to use my promo code. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, so I have Ibotta, and it's very rare that they put toilet paper or paper towels on there. So when they do, and here's the here's the way: if you end up getting Ibotta, if you if you if, or if you are just new to it, or if you've had it in a while and you don't even really know how to use it, um, the key is when they post something up there that you need or that is an essential thing or that you use, um, like a toilet paper or um, paper towel, right? What you do is they have a limit. There'll be like a limit, five per or whatever. But the limit doesn't go towards the bonuses. So what you want to do is it'll pop back up after a couple days. So just buy one, use it, wait a couple days, then buy another, then like that. That way you can still get the credit for um, the individual things going towards the the bonuses or whatever, because if you buy five of them, it doesn't count as five towards the bonus. It still only counts as one. So then, in the long run, in the longer run, you're still getting as much as you would before, pretty much, or at least enough. And two, you're getting uh, closer to the bonus a lot faster to get more money back. I've got a garage full of paper towels and uh, toilet paper right this now. Sounds like and, such an ad, dude. I, I need to cut yeah. in on this. This is not an ad. He's just doing this by himself. Yeah. So right, continue. But but so what? So I'm not out. My point is, my point is just doing little stuff like that. That's an everyday thing. Not even I. I haven't had to buy that either of those things in forever, and I don't have to in forever. I'm already good. So everybody over here fucking buying up all the tissue, toilet paper, all that stuff is laughable to me because it's like, you guys never heard of Ibotta? Because if you did, you wouldn't have this problem. It's not even that big of a deal. It's Here's not like my promo code. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I do. I think I do have a promo. Hold on. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> Hold on. Let me, let me throw it out there. Where's right. my iBot? It is an ad now. All right. Uh, let me see. If you want to add me, where's my referral code? My iBot. Uh, let's see. Where's invite friends? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. My referral code. God. Too many pop-ups. Hold on. Too many pop-ups because I got a lot of new stuff going on. Okay. My promo code for iBot. 
my referral code rather. If you get this, make sure you use this, and then if you get like ten dollars back or something on your first one. Uh, e C S M E N V. Uh, make sure you get that, and uh, make sure it's all uh, lowercase as well. Do yeah, that, that's my. Do that phonetically for him. Because he had a lot of M N V in there. Yeah, I know. I know. They they messed up my stuff. Um, hold on. Uh, I've just lost it. Invite friends. Okay. E. <laughs> As in Echo. As in C. As in Charlie. S. I don't M. know because you're saying it out loud. Why don't you do it? You I'm assuming you mean Sierra. Yeah, but M. S and F sound the same. M. M is in Mike. E. E is in Echo. N. N is in November. V. V as in Victor. There you go. Uh-huh. My code. Make sure you use it. Uh, so it's an ad now. But anyway, but anyway, speaking of ads, we're going to take a break right quick and come back. Come back. Listen to, to another, another ad. ad. <laughs> and uh, listen to our top five matches of the week brought to you by Sindal. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the MonsterCast. I'm your host, Jack Dahl Jr., joined by Ryan Dahl as well. We have top five matches of the week brought to you by Sindal. Um, so what I got is I actually had a lot of wrestling this week, and it was all, like, solid wrestling, but nothing really stood stood out. My Literally, my highest star rating is three and three-four stars. Um, yeah. So... But I had a lot of competition for those top fives because there was a lot of three-star matches I had to split, basically, with star ratings. Um, so I do have, like, four honorable mentions that I didn't give star ratings to because I'm, I'm not going to give star ratings to honorable mentions anymore. Because um, I am saving all my top fives so that I can go through them at the end of the year for our Monster Awards show at the end of the year. So I've been starting to save the top fives with the stars, and I also kind of want to start my own... Uh, Dave Messler type thing where I'm keeping track of all the star ratings of the stuff that I've given um, for a little database thing that I'm going to work on eventually. Um, maybe whenever I take a damn actual week vacation, which might be today because I'm pretty sure I'm not going to go to work today either. I didn't go to work Thursday, and I don't really plan on going tonight either. Um, but I might go back uh, Monday because uh, Christina isn't feeling good. Mm-hmm. I don't think she has it, but um, she had like a she had like a video doctor appointment, and uh, pretty sure it's like just inflamed throat tonsils, whatever. Um, so they're trying to like tell her stuff to do so it doesn't turn into strep throat, basically, because um, that's what they think it's going to go towards. Is not obviously coronavirus or anything. Um, but anyway, we've been infecting everything, or disinfecting everything, <laughs> infecting everything, disinfecting everything, uh, just in case, you know, playing it safe, especially with the dog, because I don't know how it affects pets yet, or if it does, so, um, and he's got enough problems as it is, so, uh, so I might not go in tonight either, so my next, like, week off vacation is, like, in, uh, June, where I have a whole week off, so I might mm-hmm. actually build up the database then, and speaking of that database, these will be added to it. But first, my honorable mentions. I don't know how many you have, but I've got four. I'm just going to name them off real quick. Eddie Edwards versus Michael Elgin from Impact. Brian versus Cesaro from SmackDown. Uh, Keith Lee versus Cameron Grimes from NXT. And MJF Butcher and Blade versus Jurassic Park. Or Jurassic Park. He did the same <laughs> shit last week. Jurassic, don't laugh. Jurassic Express from <clears throat> AEW Dynamite. <clears throat> honorable mentions for you. Uh, Triple H's commentary. <laughs> yeah. But uh, 
so I let's let's talk about the Jurassic Express match because that that didn't make my top five. I thought it was good, um, and it obviously didn't make yours either. But is it is it just me that doesn't like the uh? The the way that any Jurassic Express match can just end at any second by somebody just throwing something on Marco and that's the end. Like it kind of it highlights a very obvious weakness in their team for any sort of trios match. Like I it makes sense. I get it. Like that Marco's a small dude and like whatever. But do you think they should really be ending matches like that before maybe having them in a major match? Like I don't. I don't know, man. Something about it just—I didn't like it before uh, the trio. Before the trio titles come out, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get—I get what you're saying. I also, there's another thing about the Jurassic Express that I don't really like, and there's a couple things. One, um, I mean, obviously that to the side, because uh, that's that's your thing, and I agree with it. But the things that bother me a little bit more are the fact that um, Marco and Luchasaurus don't do many tag team moves together. Don't mm-hmm. like that. Uh, you got Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus do a lot of tag team moves together. Marco Stunt and Jungle Boy do a lot of tag team moves together, but not Marco and Luchasaurus, which is, I find weird because that's the smallest and tallest guy. I think yeah, you could stuff, be throwing them around as yeah, an they're, offensive they're, move. I think yeah, I yeah. think their stuff would look better um, together. Um, and then I also don't like the fact that we kind of see the same thing every match from the Jurassic Express. We see Luchasaurus get the hot tag and do all his kicks. We see. Marco Stunt get the upper hand and do a tornado DDT and then get thrown around and not do anything. And then we see Jungle Boy do his uh, little rope Lucha Libre thing, and then sometimes he'll get the cool hot tag. And this last match he didn't do it, so I give him credit. But the I love the three dive thing, but I'm really glad he didn't do it this last match because uh, I don't want to see it every match where he, yeah. he goes through the bottom rope, then the middle rope, and then he jumps over. That shit is cool as fuck to me. Um, but he also does... He does a lot of the same stuff over and over as well. I would like for them to just add in a couple different things, even if it's just tag team things, just to change up their match uh, a little bit. And I would also like them to get some wins. If if you want to have Jungle Boy or Luchasaurus get the pinfall, that's fine. If you don't want to have Marco Stunt get the pinfall because it, you know, because he's small as fuck or whatever, whatever you want to do. But you got to give this team some wins. They're too over not to give them wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other well. Here's the thing too about the Jungle Source thing that you talk about. They actually were working Jungle Jungle Source or Jungle Source. Yeah, you said you said it three times. By the way, I wasn't going to say anything at first. I was like, yeah, he just said it the wrong. I don't know why the fuck I was saying that. Yeah, <laughs> Jungle That's their new, that's their new team name, Jungle Yeah, so Luchasaurus, they were working at the start of the match. Um, they they were taking on his legs. They were throwing him in the corner. Like he was the one, uh, he was the one getting beaten up, and then he made the he made the tag to Jungle Boy. So, I get what you're saying about you know him getting the hot tag and coming in and doing his kicks, whatever. But they actually did work that match a little bit differently as far as Luchasaurus was concerned. Um, and I I was thinking at the time like, hey, you know that it's nice that they didn't do the obvious and isolate you know Marco or or uh, Jungle Boy at the start. Um, they really did. They they worked Luchasaurus for probably a good like five minutes before he was able to tag out with the chop blocks on his legs and stuff like that. So. Um, oh, I, I th- think I think Luchasaurus got hurt in that match too. By the way, yeah, yeah, his foot or ankle or whatever, calf, yeah. something, something fucked up. Well, was, I mean, was... they were working it too, so maybe it was just selling. But no, that was not selling. I mm. promise you, that's not selling. He 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 messed up his leg. 
Well, I don't know. I, how, I don't know the extent of it, obviously, but he definitely messed it up in that match where it was hindering him, and he kept going back to it and shaking it. No one's good. No one's that good at selling unless your name is like Shawn Michaels or Dolph Ziggler or something like that. But that, trust me, that dude, he messed up his his leg. On I think it was like a. I don't even remember what the hell he did. Um, I don't know if he did a flip or landed on his feet or something, but he definitely did something to it. Now, I've been waiting for like a report to come out on it to make sure he's cool. And it's not some long-term injury, but if you go back and watch that match, he definitely did something to it. Yeah. Well, maybe. Uh, hopefully it was just selling, but I don't know. Um, but yeah, I I like the layout. I just didn't. I wasn't a big fan of the ending. I I also like the the hype that they gave the um the the butcher and Luchasaurus confrontation too. Yeah. Because I mean that. It, they're not huge dudes. I mean, Luchasaurus is pretty big, but they're not like Butcher's not like I'm. He's not like six foot eight, like giant monster or whatever. But they did they did play it up like it was the two biggest men in the match having their their big meaty men. Yeah, slapping, slapping meat. meat. Yeah, right. Slapping so. meat moment. Yeah, I mean they did it. They tried to do it in the uh, battle royal one time too, and it didn't really play off to the crowd as good as it did here. It definitely played off better here. Yeah. Um, so I like. I yeah. like that they're they're making the Butcher no. A big man threat too, because um, they really need that that angle to push him in tag team matches. Because if they keep doing the the butcher and blade tag matches where they both just seem like kind of regular normal dudes doing regular normal like I mean blade's blade's good, but he's not like he's not stand out, um, especially not in that talent pool. But yeah, they're gonna need that kind of angle where butcher's just like a, a big hoss dude who comes in and like wrecks shit, or they're not really gonna be able to, to push them too far as a tag team. I think. Yeah. All right, so let's get into the actual top five then. My number five, I'll go first this week since you did last week. Um, I got Rey Mysterio versus Angel Garza from Raw. I gave it three stars. Okay. I had Daniel Bryan versus Cesaro. Um, I believe you had that on your honorable mentions. I, I thought that was a a solid match. I wasn't a big fan of the all the outside-the-ring shenanigans, but, I mean, I guess they all had to have something to do. Also, yeah. I think the empty crowd thing kind of took away from it. Correct. I, I'm a really big fan of, the, uh, of getting, like... I don't know if this is just because Gulak is one of the only people who agreed to still come or what the deal is with him getting so much exposure lately, but I am a big fan of it because we've talked about before. I think Gulak is a uh, a very underrated talent. Or do, so. do we think that this is going to become a new tag team? Either a new tag team or maybe just ends up in Gulak being more serious as a, seri- uh, as a singles competitor. I think either way it raises his stock. For sure. And it doesn't hurt Daniel Bryan at all to do for a little bit. So Yeah, for sure, because it also protects Daniel Bryan in the long run because he doesn't have to do as much work. Right. Um. So, yeah, I would actually like to see that tag team. Also, I do think that they would be great tag team champions and should definitely win them in the near future. If you're if you're thinking about WrestleMania, especially if it's getting pushed back as a time frame, I think, I, think I, could, I would actually want to see that because Daniel Bryan already has the long history with The Miz. So I'd rather I would like to see that matchup. If you're going to have New Day versus Usos just for one final time and at a WrestleMania, I think that would be cool as a separate thing. But as far as this tag team or possible new tag team, I would like to see them go against Miz and Morrison and take it off of them at WrestleMania. If yeah. WrestleMania is pushed back, that way it gives Miz and Morrison a longer reign as well. Um, all right, so my number four is uh, Adam Page and Dustin Rhodes versus Jericho and Sammy Guevara from AEW. I gave it three and a third star. Okay, my number four is Joey Janela and Private Party versus Death Triangle. Um, I did not think coming into this match that I would like it. Like I was just kind of like, oh, it's another match where they're just going to squash Joey Janela or whatever. But it it ended up being uh, a very entertaining match, and I'm not I'm not really high on Private Party. 
um, I feel like they had you, – you can tell that they botch a little bit more than some other tag teams. Um, like they have – the, the gin and juice thing is really cool and like they've got – they got some cool tag team moves, but some of it's just kind of, I don't know, cartoony. Um, in general, though, like I don't think they're bad, and this was one of the matches where I was I was actually interested in, um, and it kept my attention. Where I can't say the same for some of their other matches. So, and then seeing Death Triangle work together was also really cool. Um, like they had a lot more tandem offense than I expected for a newer tag team, uh, and they work really well together. And it's also a very it's a very threatening group of three people as far as talent goes. Um, and the way it was being sold on commentary, like, oh yeah, you know, they're all they're all extremely talented, but they all each in their own way feel like they've been being overlooked and like whatever, and they're just gonna, you know, fuck stuff up now. That's that's terrifying. They're they're scarier than Inner Circle as far as kayfabe stuff goes. So I like the way that they're being built up. I do think this match shouldn't have been as close as it was, even though going into it, I was like, oh, like it's just gonna be a squash match for Death Triangle. Um, I. There's there's a middle ground between those two things, and I, I think they leaned way more way too much toward making it too competitive. But yeah, um, we can talk about yours since it's also my number three. Um, the uh, the page and Dustin Rhodes versus Guevara and Jericho is, is my number three on the weekend. I also thought that was a really good match. I'd, so we kind of talked about it already um, how we felt about Dustin being the partner and where they go from here. Um, it, it's not something that occurred to me when we were spitballing potential mystery partners, but I think it worked. It's, it yeah, worked well, out pretty well. The, the whole thing was the announcer said that he was he was going to go at it alone, which is what we also said it could be because he would just take out a beer or whatever and put it in the apron and say, that's my partner or whatever, which I thought would have been funny as hell. But uh, I, I, I like the way that they were going because they, they played to the fact that he was actually going to go try to do it himself, but you know he actually did end up having a partner and the partner uh, and him won. So, right. So it would make sense for him to kind of like maybe feel like he owes the elite one and be on their team for the blood and guts match. Why he's still trying to get away and he just can't yet. Um, still, still, obviously you still have the option that he turns on everybody. So you never know. Um, I still think they would be better served for him to uh, see that he's being a dick and, you know, see, and the other people see, or Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson more specifically see that they're being a dick too and apologize for him and all that stuff. And, you know, Basically, make him another member. Make him like re-enter as a member of the elite, and you know, bygones be bygones, stuff like that. Like Cody, maybe not do a turn at all. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, because he's so over as a face that I just don't see how you can you can fucking turn either one of these people heel because you're not going to turn the elite heel not with Cody on the elite and Kenny Omega on the elite. And nobody's going to. And they're not going to book Hangman. That's not possible. So you might as well go that route. Um. Plus, okay. like, not every story has to end with, okay, we hate each other now. There's not enough of that in wrestling, too, I feel like, where things are just resolved like normal fucking people might resolve something. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, man, I feel that. My number three is the Broserweights versus the Undisputed Era from NXT, three and a half stars. We're pretty much on the same page, because that's my number two. Um, so, it just seems like we're one behind each other. Um yeah, I also had that, I had that as my number two. I thought that was a really good match. It wasn't as good as their as their other match, Correct. but for the matches on television this week, it was way up there for me. I had it at number two, and you had it at three. So. My number two is Death Triangle versus Private Party and Janela from AEW. I gave it three and a half as well. I gave it the same, but the Broserweights and Undisputed Era, even though it was for the titles, like you said, they've had better matches. Um, so that's why splitting hairs, even though it got the same rating, I put the Death Triangle above. 
Okay. So, I mean, yeah, we could... Uh, obviously, I talked a lot about that match. What did you think about it? The Death Triangle versus Private Party and Janela. I yeah. think I think Private Party did good, but I think Janela actually stood out the best out of that team. And then, of course, Death Triangle is sick. Like, there's no way if they introduce a trio title, they're not the first champions, right? There's, I mean, yeah. there's no way. I, I don't see that either. I mean, you could make the argument for SCU, but SCU is already the first tag champion, yeah. so then it's I, like... I think maybe, I think maybe they, those two meet each other in the finals, and they have the, that way they can push the narrative, hey, they could be the first time tag champs right. and first time trios champions, but then Death Triangle destroys them, or I mean, not destroy them, but, you know, wins. So yeah. they become the first champs ever. Uh, for that, so I think that would be the way to go uh, if they are, which we think they are, going towards trios titles before the end of this year. Um, but yeah, I like the match. Obviously, I have it number two. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I think they look, right. I also think they look badass when they come out. Mm. Yeah. And I, I love the too. logo too. I need that shirt with the triangle with the three skulls. That's badass. That's a sweet logo. I like it a lot better than the inner circle Guns and Roses ripoff for sure. I do like that shirt though. I, it's it's not awful, but I'm just like, man, you're not gonna have me out here wearing a fucking Dad Rock T-shirt. Come on. That's so, so what Jericho is, though. He is Dad Rock. I know, I know. And his his song is the most over song in wrestling. So I mean, I can't get mad at it. Guns N' Roses is a badass band. Okay. It's the, it's so I'm guessing famous, it's their most famous uh, album logo as well, or album cover, whatever. I'm guessing since it hasn't come up that we have the same number one. So I'm I'm assuming you got Brian versus Gulak. Correct. Elimination Chamber. Brian versus Gulak, three and three four stars. Yep, that was mine too. Um, I don't do star ratings, but I'd probably give it around that, maybe a four. But it was uh, for WWE programming to have a good like technical wrestling match. You don't see it like it to me. It's very okay. So watching them work each other, it, it did give me some like Dean Malenko kind of like. Chris Benoit vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, so that when you were just talking about them being a tag team, being tag team champions, uh, the first thing that came to my mind was, man, it would have been cool if fucking Malenko and Benoit just went on this like short, short guy technical tag team run and just tap people out and were chain wrestling the shit out of them. And you know, so yeah, I mean, I think that would be pretty cool. But this match was very good, uh, especially for being. I, I think it was technically the first match on the card. Um, might have been undercard, everything kind of blurred together, but uh, it was far and away the best match on the show. <laughs> it was one that just kind of came together last second off of some backstage segment because I guess Brian has decided he wants to work with Gulak. So um, it's uh, it's a, it's one of the more interesting things that they have going on right now, uh, this whole Gulak angle, and it's kind of come out of nowhere because it's really only been like two weeks that's been going. Yeah. Um, and it's one of the things that I am most excited to see play out and. Hope that they don't fuck up. So. Well, they, I, you know, I base a lot of my ratings a lot off of, especially in the top five, as far as not match rating, but just top five. Um, I guess match rating to an extent as well. Um, you know, titles on the line, how good the story's been, all this stuff kind of plays into factors, whatever. But this match was so good that mm. it made the top, it made my top spot in the top five. But the star rating takes a hit because you know, it's not really for anything. So. It got it got kind of both sides of it this time, yeah. as far as uh like it was so it was such a good match, but I can't give it four or five. I mean there was really nothing on the line. The story wasn't built up to the point of you know an AEW story or whatever. They, like you said, they kind of just throw it together last minute. I mean it, there was a story, but it just wasn't enough of a story for me to be like, oh yeah, this was so awesome. It wasn't Cody versus MJF, you know? So right. so all that stuff takes a 
gives it a hit, obviously. Um, like if it was for the IC title or something, I probably would have gave it four easily because you know it would have been one of the best Intercontinental Championships matches that we've ever seen. Yeah. So I mean, stuff like that, like up there with probably you know Macho Man Steamboat. Like the match was really fucking good, but there was nothing on the line. The obviously I also take into account fan interaction and stuff like that. And at first, I don't think the fans were into it, but by the end of it, they were. It just wasn't. Yeah. It just what didn't have that big match feel which also puts a damper onto the match as a whole i'm hoping that everybody backstage uh in management positions saw how good it came across and how good they did together and you know elevated up next time that they fight or you know even if it gets to the tag team that we were talking about earlier where they start teaming up just elevate them to the point of team hell no status basically because i think it could get there um not i like just not as a comedy group i like the way that they they sort of uh, they built to this match too with the Heath Slater stuff, and then Gulak and then Curtis Axel like, as well. Yes, Gulak trying to get, like give him a little tip, mm-hmm. like, "Hey, you can I've seen all those game. You can beat him like this." Like, it, I think that's smart. And then the way that the segment played out on Friday with Brian going to Gulak, like, "Hey, like you know, you want to help me out?" Yeah, like, how do what, I fix that are, hole yeah. so nobody can fuck with me? But here's right. the thing. Here's the thing. Gulak doesn't win a lot of matches because you know WWE booking. So. At most, 50-50. So is Gulak just playing armchair quarterback? Like, what can Brian do to tell him? Like, I think Brian should have went back there and be like, hey, man, if you help me out with my holes, I got some things that you could work on too. Especially since they already had the Elimination Chamber match, right? Right. And he won. Daniel Bryan still won, even though Gulak knew knew his weaknesses. So maybe Daniel Bryan had some weaknesses that he could tell Gulak, and they could exchange information, and boom, tag team together. That would have made more sense to me, but they, he didn't say that in the interview. Um, I, but I, I also might like, end up going that route, though. Yeah, I also like the fact that, like you said with the Heath Slater, and then I commented Curtis Axel, he did it with Curtis Axel as well, that when they went against Bryan, they listened to Gulak, and it mm. made the match more competitive. So yeah, Bryan still won, but it's but, but what Gulak told him wasn't a lie, because Daniel Bryan would have beat him in you know two minutes instead of you know a five to seven minute match. So it actually made Drew Gulak credible while he was on commentary or whatever, discussing the holes that he was teaching them that they took advantage of. Right. So I think all that worked. It just wasn't long enough a long enough build. Um, where the hell's Bo Dallas? Ah, uh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, maybe he's the exalted one. Uh, <laughs> He, he just comes out. out. He, no, he just comes out with literally the fucking Bray Wyatt gimmick. Yeah, that's what I'm saying with a mask. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. He's he's been out for a bit. Um, the inspirational Dark Order. He could go back to the old old Bo Dallas too. Come out dude. smiling and shit, DDP style. Dude, that'd be so funny. That'd be so good. <laughs> the only problem with that is, of course, people would be like, "Oh, well, you got to rip off WWE. You even dude. took his brother and have him doing the same thing." WWE rejects. There's seven people that wrestled for WWE, and none of them are rejects. They just didn't want to work for WWE anymore. Ah, Cody's kind of a reject. Mm. And Lee is going to... He asked for his release, though, so he's not a reject. Lee is going to be considered one, too, because they didn't have anything for him. If you ask for your release, you're not a reject. I don't care what the WWE fanboys say out there. You're not a reject. None of them got cut. I mean, Except technically, Swagger, the, Swagger did, or technically, Hager, the, technically the the Hardy, uh, not the Hardy Boys, the um, the Young Bucks are technically WWE rejects. Mm, they were well known before WWE. Before they were dressing up like DX in that segment. Yeah, they were known. I mean, I wouldn't say well known. 
I mean, you're comparing it to now. Obviously, they have their own fucking promotion now, but they were still well known. Yes. I'm just saying. I don't. I don't know. I, I think that they weren't well known to the people that fucking was running WWE. If they if they knew who the fuck they were, they wouldn't have been fired because they didn't shake somebody's hand or whatever the fuck the bullshit was with Booker T. Like that's ridiculous. Yeah. So what they if, missed out. They, they fucked that up. Yeah. I mean, whatever. But, Stupid uh, ass. Old people rules. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, so you got. Moxley asked for his release. Cody asked for his release. Brody Lee asked for his release. Uh, who else are we got? Jericho let his contract run out because, you know, he wanted to do different shit because that's what Jericho's been doing for how long now? Five, yeah. seven years? Something like that. Um, who else Who else we got that's WWE rejects? Uh, Hager, Hager got released. Luchasaurus is technically a WWE reject. Yeah, that's true. And, but nobody even mentions him as one of the seven, but he's the actual WWE reject. Yeah. He was on NXT... Had multiple gimmicks, couldn't make it, uh, or they didn't see whatever they whatever in him. He, yeah. he completely rebuilt himself from scratch uh, with the Luchasaurus gimmick, and you know he made himself basically into a star. Um, uh, let's see. So yeah, I'll give you that one. He's definitely a reject, a WWE reject in that sense. Um, I'm trying to think of who else they got. I don't feel like I'm. Oh, uh, Goldust. He he ran out his contract too, so he's not a reject either. How the hell can you call a future? Yeah, well, a reject? he's been there for a hundred years. You can't call him. A yeah, reject. you can't call him a reject. The mo- yeah. He made how much money? They made how much money off of Gold Dust? Come on, man, he's not a reject. Um, yeah. Let's see who else we got. Um, I can't really think of anybody else mm. off the top of my head. I'm. I feel like I might be missing somebody, but I'm not. I'm not thinking of it. So yeah, like seven out of like one sixty uh, man roster. Lisa Bates. Uh, no, she got herself in trouble. She wasn't a reject. She fucked up by, you know, she got heat backstage and they just never brought her back. Also, she was never really signed to a full-time contract. She was just being brought in as one-off NXT appearances and she got herself over. Then she got a big head backstage and she pissed off the wrong people, so she never got brought back. So I wouldn't call her a reject either, honestly. She just fucked herself up. Big head um, filled with all that book knowledge. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can't really think of anybody else, man. Yeah. And uh, obviously, if you want to throw in Awesome Kong, uh, she also asked for a release because of yeah. personal issues. So can't really throw her as a reject either. Uh, so yeah, I don't know where the fuck they Brandy? get the WWE rejects. Who? Brandy? Oh, Brandy. Uh, I think she just eh. let her contract run out too, though. Technically. I don't, yeah, I don't she know. Didn't her for, she didn't ask for. Yeah, she didn't ask for a release. She was still working as a ring announcer after Cody had already left. So technically, I don't think she was a reject either. And she, how could she be a reject if she was just an announcer anyway? They never even let her wrestle. So. Yeah, I guess that's true. Well, Kathy Kelly coming to AEW soon. Yeah, hopefully. To wrestle. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> you never know. Dude, she's uh, in pretty good shape. Let's see. Yeah, I can't think of anybody else, though. I don't know that she knows shit about wrestling, but well, she's yeah. in pretty good shape. No, definitely no. Uh, I, I think there's zero WWE rejects. Well, one, I guess, if we agreed on the Luchasaurus one. Oh. Yeah, so Luchasaurus. They have one WWE reject. So you wouldn't count Hager? Uh, he did get released, um, yeah. but he was a former world champion. I don't know if you could really say reject category. I mean, I guess technically they rejected him, but they also have so many people there that they didn't have nothing for him, and he was, you know, not not clicking with whatever the dumb gimmicks that they were giving. Oh, him. dude, Pack. Oh yeah, Pack. Um, Pack walked out though. Yeah, but he walked out because they were chopping uh, out to Enzo. Yeah. Yeah. So but if you're getting chopped out to Enzo. Though? Uh, maybe. Well, man. he was the champion before that, though. He really wasn't getting jobbed out. He was actually a really long-term cruiserweight champion before that. 
It's not his fault that Enzo was really good on the mic. They were just capitalizing. And they were getting more eyes on the product with Enzo as the champ. So I can't get too mad at it. I mean, they did give you a nice run with the title. Now, if you want to get mad about you versus Aries wasn't fucking on the main card of WrestleMania and you're on the pre-show, then yeah, sure, whatever. Aries got pissed off too. Aries asked for his release as well. But I wouldn't call – if Aries went to AEW right now, I wouldn't call him a fucking WWE reject. Um, He was good on the fucking – he was good on the mic. He was good on commentary. He was good in the ring. It wasn't his fault that WWE – if we're let's let's look at it like this are we look are we looking at anybody who was ever with the company and never got over because then you've got fucking sammy sean sean spears oh yeah okay so maybe i would give ah, shit i don't know he asked for his release too it's hard to determine if they're rejects if they're the ones asking for the release and they're not getting released by wwe okay um like Scorpio. that's why I, that's why i might i might give you hager right because but the fact that he was world champion i mean like what what the fuck? Can I, I mean, really literally play? everybody in SCU at some point was in WWE. Well, I mean, if you're counting enhancement talents, I, do we really count that as... I mean, Christopher Daniels when he had hair? Are we really counting that? No <laughs> I joke, mean, like, seriously? Scorpio Sky was there, and it wasn't... It wasn't... It, was, it wasn't that long ago, because he's not even that fucking old. Cole but Cabana? Like, Cole Cabana's a Scotty WWE check. Hell yeah. I would count that. But, they're, but these are not names that the guy that the WWE fanboys are even mentioning. They're mentioning the people that aren't rejects. Former world champions, future Hall of Famers, and Goldust, Jericho, Moxley. Cody's probably even a fucking future Hall of Famer. He won the Intercontinental title, brought that fucking old one back, brought that to prominence. He was a tag team champion with his brother. Hey, wasn't Trent in NXT? He was in Legacy. Yes, Trent was in NXT. No, well, he wasn't really in NXT. He was on – he got promoted with uh, – he was in a tag team with Kalen Croft. They were called the Dude Busters, and they were actually pretty decent. Now, they didn't get a push or anything, and of course he went back to NXT, I think, at some point because he was with – he was feuding with Kurt Hawkins a lot too or teaming with Kurt Hawkins because Kurt Hawkins had um, Tyler Rex, hmm. and they were all known together collectively as the Midcard Mafia on social media or whatever. So do we count here, – here's the big question. I don't know what happened with him. I don't know. If they released him, then yes. If he asked for his release, then I just don't see how that can and- be considered reject. Nobody in nobody in fucking at that level of their career, that young and in the WWE developmental, I think is asking for their release. I'm yeah, pretty that, sure he yeah, got. Yeah, I, go. I think he got released too. Um, and if he did, then yes, he would be considered regent. But like I said, he's not the one of the seven that are on everybody's list. Here's the big question: How many cons- how many TNA rejects have WWE signed? Uh, AJ Styles. <laughs> not yeah. reject. Nah, but okay. So let me. Here's the big question, and, and this will <laughs> this will help determine whether or not we include some of the other people. Do you consider Kenny Omega a WWE reject because they they he was in Deep South Wrestling and they couldn't do anything with him? They didn't have nothing to do with him. They didn't have nothing for him. I do you? I don't. He didn't even make a. He didn't. Even, I mean, that's a WWE. If you I didn't mean, even get called up to WWE to have a failure in WWE, I mean. How I the think hell that's are you? the biggest rejection. You're in their developmental program, and they're just like, nah, fuck it. We don't want you here. We don't have anything for you. Get out. But you're more of a Deep South rege- reject than you are a... But Deep South was South WWE. regional wrestling reject than you are a WWE reject. That was their developmental territory back then, though. I don't I don't consider him to be a... I, how can you consider him to be a reject if you didn't even really give him a shot to do anything? Hey, I mean, he was there. He did have matches. He had a couple matches. Well, like, mm-hmm. he, he... Don't get it twisted. He was not there long enough for... I don't even think for anybody to form an original well, no, opinion he, he, that he was a reject. That's around the same time he's like, oh, Koto Ibushi, this guy's really cool. I'm going to watch some more VHS tapes and fly to Japan. 
and get married. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't know, man. But that's what I'm saying. Like, depends on how. I, I think. How about you, this for the WWE fanboys out there? You think with the seven people that they've mentioned that we clearly are both agree on that are not fucking WWE rejects? Shinsuke Nakamura gets released today. He goes to AEW. He's now a WWE reject, correct? I mean, that's that's really the criteria that based we're trying off to of, based off of what out. they're saying. Even though he was a fucking huge star in New Japan. Yeah. Um, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. So, so I, that, I mean, that's why you can't consider Cody one too, because he did so much shit afterward. It would be like if if McIntyre, like, never came back. Never came back. Yes. Then he if would he be a WWE reject, reject? no, because he's done a ton of shit since WWE, even though they let him go. But he's still a WWE reject. Not it's really. Not his, it's not his fault that he. I mean, he just proved WWE wrong for rejecting him, right? Because he went to Impact and won the title or whatever. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think it's such a it's such a not quantifiable. Also, he got like, released from WWE. He didn't ask for his release. There, was, there is a difference to to me in that aspect. So I think he would have been a WWE reject. Well, Omega got released from Deep South Wrestling. That's true, but he didn't get released from WWE. He wasn't on the roster saying that he was the fucking chosen one and then later on in a damn gimmick comedy band with 3 and that band was good and everybody in there went on to be future champions yes oh i'm aware after they all got disbanded from the group <laughs> yeah and two of them got released yeah and, came back. and the one that didn't get released is the one that has had the least success now explain that one to me well he was a tag team champion Least success. I didn't say anything about him not winning a title. Uh, success is relative, and he got a pool for his kids. So, anyway, he has one kid, by the way. Um, <laughs> all right. So there's but our don't break there's, kayfabe. There's our top five matches of the week. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot we were doing that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that right. was uh, obviously brought to you by Sindal. Go to sindal.myshopify.com for sugar scrubs, lip scrubs, bath bombs, t-shirts. Uh, new hand scrub or sugar scrubs with disinfectant for all you coronavirus freak outers out there use the promo code shamrock in all caps for free shipping on any order of ten dollars or more from now to march 21st anything else you want to leave off the show with before we close it out um i'm still trying to get brian pillman on there he uh tweeted out not too long ago that he does have uh, some flu-like symptoms or he feels like he's getting sick so he's staying home and he uh pulled out of one of his events don't know which one it was. I can't remember. Hold on. Hmm. Well, I hope he gets well soon. If he needs something to do in the meantime. Oh, I do have a, a sneak energy. Oh god. Okay. Sneak energy replied to me. So that's good. All right. Let's I said, hear it. Well, I tweeted. Well, I mean, I, whoever's running their account clearly um, didn't read my tweet all the way through. But I said we still aren't endorsed by or sponsored by Sneak Energy. But I'm still starting off the podcast today with some Tropicilla. Gamers, podcasters, YouTubers, get some, it's great. And then they replied, ooh, let us know what you think. Well, I just said, get some, it's great. And it is good. Tropicilla, I actually didn't think I was going to like this one. Um, but it's pretty good. Um, I like the Cherry Bomb one the best so far. So, and, got, they, and they got new flavors too. I haven't tried any of the new ones yet, but they're great. And uh, hopefully we'll be endorsed by them soon. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You know, when, do I, when do I see any of this endorsement yeah. money? For my Man. contributions. Yes, I don't know. That's a great question. I'll have to get back to you on it. <laughs> <laughs> As Tony Khan would say, that's a great question. Yeah, and then completely ignore question. it. Uh, <laughs> that's good shit, uh, though. I'll owe you one. 
Yeah, I'm thinking. <laughs> it. I'm... Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think of anything else coming up. Obviously, Raw is going to be in the um at the Performance Center as well. So I'm kind of looking forward to see how they do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course, AW is got way less um experience with live TV. So it's going to be really weird how. Well, the great thing about SmackDown and AEW is that these motherfuckers won't be able to miss any of the action cut into the crowd. Oh, thank God. Because there's no crowd to, to debut. cut <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, just have the dude sitting in the crowd yeah. randomly. Yeah. Like uh, Bray person. Wyatt did. Bray Wyatt One was just sitting randomly shocked. in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you think it was cool for John Cena to just be sitting in the crowd watching 205 Live like that he stayed and watched it? Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was cool. Because he was, he was talking about how he kind of always wanted to do that, but he doesn't really – like there's no way for him to just blend in to a crowd without taking attention away from the from the actual show. So yeah. no, there's maybe, no maybe he should he show it to AEW and watch that one then. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that would go really well for his WrestleMania plans. Vince would yeah. not be upset at all. Well, I mean who cares? He shouldn't be winning anyway, so – you already advertised them for WrestleMania. Just, then they won't him. even give him the match. They'll have yeah, they Bray Wyatt beat the piss out of him on an empty arena show, and he will never come back to the WWE again. I highly doubt that. He doesn't have that type. I don't think he has that type of cloud anymore where he could get away with that. I really I, don't. You're, he would never come back anymore. The dude that's won 16 titles and kept your shit afloat while it was going downhill I, in ratings. I come on, I think man. that would be the so last the straw works. for Vince. He's not going to be alive long enough to to get over it. Exactly. So he'll be brought back after Vince is dead. Yeah, there we go. From the coronavirus. <laughs> oh, boy. But yeah, seriously, though, everybody was talking about – um, everybody wanted to talk about wrapping uh, Betty White up in bubble wrap and stuff to preserve her, make sure she don't get sick from the coronavirus and stuff. And then I was like, Betty White? Somebody better find Ric Flair. Somebody that's actually outgoing and going to be out at tons of places. His old ass who has health problems through the roof. That's what yeah. we need to be bubble, wrap, bubble wrapping right now. Well, alcoholism is another uh, risk factor in that too. So, because your immune system it gets worse the more you drink, because your liver has other shit to do. So. So yeah. So anyway, uh, support your indie wrestlers right now more than ever if you can. Stay inside if you can, and uh, be fucking respectful of others too. Like, I'm so sick of like. No joke. Went to the bathroom. Used the bathroom. Another person was in there. They didn't wash their hands. Like, are you serious? Like, how can you still be this stupid? Well, it's, it's really not. It's the, really not difficult to wash your hands. Like, the prevailing idea with a lot of people right now is, I've heard that only old people die from it. I'm not going to die from it. It won't. I, I hear it's not that bad as far as the illness itself. So I don't care if I get sick. Well, how about this and, one? Tom Hanks the, is fine. So am I. Boy, don't even get me started. So. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Um, Tom Hanks is fine. So am I. If Tom got, Hanks dies, you have Tom I'll Hanks money. Bored. Do yeah, you? That's what I said. Do you have Tom Hanks insurance? Probably not. Anyway, so yeah, uh, a lot of people are missing the point. Like, yeah, it won't kill me if I get it either, but it'd be real cool of me to not, you know, spread it to people so that it will that kill. Could. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, so everybody just keep that in mind. And, and it's not just old people, man. Y'all, y'all have no idea how many people there are with suppressed immune systems from from either immune system diseases like lupus or things like that. People have Crohn's, been through or are currently disease. going through chemo. chemo. Yeah. Like I've got a friend with ovarian cancer right now who's in the middle of chemo, and now her husband is sick. Like this is not, you know, it's not about you. Correct. 
Um, so yeah, so we're looking forward to the next week because it's going to be super weird with all these shows with no crowds, but it is also going to be uh, interesting to see what develops with WrestleMania and um, future big shows with AEW. Um and just wrestling in general because, you know, this is a podcast about wrestling, but obviously with the rest of the world as well because everybody's being affected in some way or another. So join us next week, and uh, we'll have some updates for you on all that. And uh, review, of course, all these empty arena shows, which is going to be super weird. Actually, you know why I think about it right quick before we close this off? AEW might actually have an advantage because all these guys were relatively new indie wrestlers. So yeah. they're used to hey, small crowds, crowds and not yeah. crowds. Yeah, exactly. So uh, this this could actually be pretty fun for them. Um, I would love to see them put Joey Janela in a match out there with all these empty chairs because I promise you he's he's, go, he's either going through them or somebody else is going through them or they're using them um, pretty soon in the episode. So that, that should be pretty funny if they even set up the chairs because, you know, it's it's uh, AEW. So it's not like they don't have a performance center where all the chairs were already set up from the NXT uh, show where they actually did have people in the crowd. So it's going to be interesting if they even decide to set up chairs and stuff. So I feel like be, if you don't, it just looks like a boxing gym. Yeah. So. I wonder if it would affect the sound as well. Mm. So uh, all that has Too to be taken. Echo. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, so all that has to be taken into consideration as well. Um, should be good stuff, though. I, I really wish they had, like, a, a really good comedy character that, you know, I mean, they have Michael Nakazawa, but I don't think he's a good comedy character. But somebody that uh, they really, uh, I don't know, could mess with it and just pipe in noise. It would be so funny, like cheers and stuff when they do stuff. It would be so great. I think that would be hilarious. Like every time they do something, the crowd cheers, but every time the other guy does something, they just don't pipe in anything. Just quiet. You could have, you could oh, have so an Orange good. Cassidy match with uh, Trent and oh, Chuck doing yes. it over the Titantron. Yeah, that would be good. Orange Cassidy. I didn't think about that. Yeah, Orange Cassidy. That would be hilarious because, you know, he's he gets the biggest pops anyway every time he does something. So every time he does like the little kick, boom, yeah, like it was so funny. And then whoever is fighting him or whatever, they just pipe in nothing. Like just go back to the regular feet. Oh, that would be so funny. Definitely do that, AEW. I hope that y'all, y'all are listening. I know, I know Tony Khan listens to our show weekly. So, yeah. Uh, all right. So, yeah, that's the show for us. And uh, hope you have a safe and fun week. And we'll see you here next time on the MonsterCast.